0: I promise this sermon will not be in Arabic, it will be in English. <laughs> what I just said in English will be grace, peace and mercy be unto you from Lord God our Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this seventh Sunday after the Epiphany is from the book of John, and it's one verse, John 12:32. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. As a matter of fact, when you were singing, you probably might missed it. It's stanza number four in the first hymn, Lift High at the Cross, stanza four says, O oh Lord, once lifted up on the glorious tree, as thou hast promised, draw us all to thee. Growing up as a Muslim from, in Morocco, from a Muslim father and a Jewish mother who had to convert to Islam according to the Sharia, nine of us children had to go to madrasa. Madrasa will be the preschool for the... Little children growing up in a Muslim world to study the Quran and memorize about 114 chapters by heart. Catechism or Quranicism <laughs> was not extra for the Muslim children, it was a necessity. Of life so before I go any further I just want to say catechize your children in the faith you never know who they're gonna meet out there when they grow up catechism echo, teaching faith in the language of God repeating our faith in the language that God has taught us to speak. John 12 32 is the equivalent of a verse that I memorized growing up as a Muslim, and it sounds something like this وَمَا وَمَا which means they, the Jews, said in boast we killed Jesus the son of Mary the messenger of Allah but they killed him not nor crucified him but so it was made to appear to them every Muslim child knows and memorized this verse by heart that Jesus the son of Mary not the son of God was not crucified, but the Jews boasted that they'd kill him, but Allah lifted him up to himself to save him. Because Allah is a good God. He saves the good prophet. As far as the God of Jesus, why will he crucify his one and only son? Allah saves the prophet. From the rebellious children of Israel who boasted that did kill Jesus, but they kill him not. There are 1.3 billion Muslims out there today who deny the crucifixion, and if they deny the crucifixion, they will deny the resurrection. No death, no life. The epiphany is about God becoming a man in the person of Jesus, not only going straight to the cross and dying for our sins, he lived a righteous life for you. Your sins went to him. He gave you his righteousness, and you're saved. You're free as children of God, You can claim that what you do is not to impress God so he can give you a place, a corner in heaven, like all the Muslim people wish. The things that you do, like we read in the epistle, not because of the law, you do them because of the gospel. Now that you're saved, then you can go out, do good works and be sanctified in the likeness of Jesus Christ. You see, Martin Luther, at one time, wanted to translate the Quran in the German language. Did you know that? Okay, now you do. <laughs> Luther, when he tried to translate the Quran, he said, I am not going to do this because I want to compare Muhammad to Jesus because that is no fair. There will be no justice comparing God in the flesh to Muhammad. He said the reason I wanted to translate the Quran because I want Christians to appreciate the sweetness of the gospel. I'm not here to compare Christianity to Islam. I'm not here to show the superiority of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, compared to Muhammad. You know, the worst thing that happened to Muhammad and Osama Bin Laden and all these jihadists, when they die, the worst thing is not that they die. The worst thing is that they die without Jesus. That's the hardest thing for us Christians to see, man dying without Jesus. Luther said the Quran is Satan's perfect duplication of the Bible because in it, he fabricates a pseudo man-made gospel and he uses a language that sounds just like God's language. But it's radically different from the truth of the scripture. The Quran said, Allah lifted the son of Mary, up to himself to save him. Jesus says in John 12, 32, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men. See, Satan hates to see men being drawn to the cross. It's gruesome. Allah is most compassionate and most forgiving. That's... At the beginning, every verse in the Quran, Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim Allah most compassionate, most forgiving. But Allah doesn't show it. Allah doesn't act it. Allah didn't become a person to come and live a righteous life for you. Allah didn't conquer that. Jesus did. And when we conquer that. By faith in Christ Jesus, we conquer our fears. And we live with the spirit of power, not a spirit of fear. When Jesus conquered our deaths on the cross, we conquer our idols, our little gods that we make on our own. Muslims made their own gods. You have your own little gods. Everyone when they shipwrecked and life doesn't make sense and the cross gets so heavy, we start to fabricate our own guards. We want a faster pace in this fast world of technology. We want faster applications, faster cars, bigger homes. We want to live a life that pleases us. Jesus, in the gospel reading, said, I tell you the truth. Unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will not produce any seeds. But if it dies, it will produce many seeds. I'm afraid that we have not died enough to draw people to Jesus. And for that, we confess God to forgive us so the world can see the epiphany of God manifested in our lives in the way we talk, in the way we share the good news, and in the way we welcome people that God has brought to us from all nations. John twelve thirty one. Jesus condemns Satan. Now is the time for judgment on this world now the prince of this world will be driven out. Satan wrote the Koran. Satan wrote the Koran. And he's confusing the world. But the world is coming to us. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. John 3.14 says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Then comes John three sixteen that everybody's familiar with, explaining the exact location of God's love for the world. For God so loved the world, meaning in this way, in the way of the cross, God so loved the world. Not just the generic, I so love you. God so loved the world. In this way God loved the world in the way of the cross. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is why Satan hates the crucifixion. This is why Satan is confusing the world today so they can go and do things on their um, themselves and die. For instance, in John 16 verse One and four, Jesus said, A time is coming when people will kill you thinking they are rendering a service to God. You look it up when you go home. A time has come. The hour has come, Jesus said, for the Son of Man to be glorified. You see, Jesus has warned us about this time. Jesus has warned his disciples when he sent them out. They will persecute you just like they have persecuted me. So welcome to the mission field. God has told us a long time ago, but here's the good news. He was persecuted for you. See, your death is not good enough to be saved on your own. It took the death of Jesus Christ who had no sin and that's why death couldn't get hold of him, because he was sinless. Why will a sinless man die if death came to us because of sin? It didn't make no sense to me at the beginning, growing up as a Muslim, because I didn't think I needed a Savior. Savior from what? I was good enough. I prayed five times a day, I fasted on month Ramadan, I did good things, and But when I walked into a Lutheran worship, I heard people confessing their sins. Confessing their sins to God, their Father. Father, not a generic Allah or just generic God. Their Father. But the best part was when they received forgiveness of sins immediately after they said that. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it doesn't get any better than that. Your sins are forgiven right here. And soon you get to taste what forgiveness is like. God coming to us in his body and blood and giving you eternal life. Muslims are praying every day, six days, six hours a day, all their life trying to be saved. But they don't know where salvation comes from. It's here where God is going to give you eternal life. And in another place, we're going to talk about in a minute. John 12, 27. We're still in the same gospel reading. No, my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. In other words, crucify me. Now that's not an easy thing to do. Jesus said, unless the kernel wheel not falls to the ground and dies, it will not produce many seeds. Are you ready to die to your bitterness, to your hatred of your neighbors, your friends? How about even the ones you love? The ones you love every day. The ones you're sitting at the pew with. See, we are... Confessing our sins to God with the assurance that our sins are forgiven. Muslims and other religions don't have that luxury. In Christ, by faith alone, we are given eternal life through confession, absolution. Now, so far, in these few verses, we learned about the place and the manner Christ came to glorify his Father. The manner was the cross. And the way we come to that cross is our confession and in the hearing of the absolution. Now listen to the verses that I read so we can talk about the timing of God's salvation for us. You see, when I read the verses to you, verse 20 started with some Greek came looking for Jesus. And they went to Philip, who in turn together went to Jesus. And Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be. To glorify his Father. To die. Now, we are refugees coming to Jesus, asking for this question. This is what the Greeks told Philip. "Sir, we want to see Jesus." I mean, isn't that beautiful? Somebody comes to you and say, "I want to see Jesus. Will you show me Jesus?" Show me where do you get Jesus? See, did he ask Philip? See, these the Greeks are the Gentiles, God seekers. He went to Philip and asked, we want this. didn't ask, we want a bigger home. We want a bigger job. We want a new title. See, when these refugees come to us. The 35,000 refugees who live in Dallas, from all over the nations, when they come to us, they say, they come to us from Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, Congo, Ethiopia, Morocco, and they have one request, we want to see Jesus. See, they have needs, of course. They want a home to live. They want food stamps. They want better jobs. We want a, bigger, a, a better, a safe place to live in the United States. We want a, a safer community. We don't have an agenda. See, the way I hear it when they say that, all I hear is we want to see Jesus. They may not know that. We know that. Because God's agenda is bigger than their agenda. Look at the timing of Jesus going to the cross. As soon as Philip and Andrew came to him, and they said, hey, there's some Muslims out here for you. There's some Greeks, some, the Gentiles are here. Jesus didn't say, hey, let, give me some Louisiana iced tea. <laughs> or let, let, let's have some food here. No. That timing was so perfect because Jesus, now the Gentiles, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, his time has come to face the cross. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless I go to that cross, no one will be saved. Now, you might be wondering, what does the Old Testament reading in Genesis 22 especially those first verses, have to do with Christ and Him crucified and this miracle of faith in Him. Well, did you know that Muslim people, 1.4 billion people out there, believe that when God asked Abraham to take his son, his only son, the one whom he loved, Ishmael. It wasn't Isaac. They think it's Ishmael. Ishmael. Muslim people come from Father Abraham, Abuna Ibrahim, through Ishmael, and now there are more of them than any other religion in the world. The fastest growing religion in the world today. Someone has to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. They're right here in our backyards. It doesn't get any safer to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ than here in America, here at home. You don't have to go to Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia to bring the good news. It's happening here and God has entrusted us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Muslims think it is through Ishmael that the nations were born. See, when I meet my Muslim friends, this is one of my favorite places I take them to. See, because in the story that you just heard in my friend Kabango's broken English, the story was about a God asking Abraham to take his son, his only son, the one whom he loves, Isaac, and take him to a mountain and crucify him. When I tell this story to the Muslims who never heard the word of God, I share it in this way. I say, this story of Abraham taking his son, his only son, The one whom he loves is told in the New Testament with one little tiny difference. You see, when God, the Father, took his son, his only beloved son, Jesus Christ, and took him to Mount Calvary to crucify him between two thieves on the cross, The angel didn't say, stop. In the Old Testament, Abraham heard an angel that says, Abraham, Abraham, now that I have heard that you have obeyed me, do not lay your hand on the sun. See, when Abraham's dagger was about two inches from Isaac's chest, the angel spoke and said, Stop in the New Testament, he died. He was lifted up on the cross so you, my beloved, can see that and believe and have eternal life. You and us and the world. He said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. You see, when I went to the seminary, first time I entered the seminary, I heard people singing. I love to sing our faith. And right at the door, I was so nervous. It's like, am I among the elite? What am I doing here? Is this a place where am I going to grow in God's grace and knowledge? But there is certain joy about it. You know why? Because when I was entering, there was this round Baptismal font right at the door. And I saw it. And I touched it. There was water there. And in that water, God promised me salvation by faith in His Son. So I looked at that baptismal font, looked at it, and I said, I am special. I am saved. I'm gonna walk in here and I'm gonna study God's word and I'm gonna go tell the whole world about Jesus and no one gonna stop me. You see, when you walked in this morning, next time I want you to look at that baptismal font and say, Lord, I am loved, I am special, I am baptized. And all you should. So I want you to look at the next person next to you and you tell them, please, you are baptized. And Jesus loves you. Tell them that. Say that. We are baptized in Christ. We are special. And we enter the kingdom of God in that way that we can come and hear the good news, receive the gifts, so we can go out pumped, zealous for the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling the world about how much he loves us and then we send them out in twos to share the good news with their, neighbors, with their neighbors in the language of their own hearts. So help us, Lord. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ and him crucified for all nations. And I thank you for inviting me to share the good news of Jesus Christ with you. I hope you will come to the Bible study because I have a lot of stories to share with you. Amen.